to our golden 20s my name is tegan and i'm joined with my co-host sadie and today we are going to be answering some of the questions that we were sent on social media given some advice or some thoughts and Mm -hmm. yeah hopefully satisfying some of those nagging questions you had Yeah, 100%. And we try to do these every now and again. So make sure you're following us on Instagram and TikTok so you can submit your question for the next Q&A episode. But I think this will be a good one. We have like a range of topics in here that I think will be good to chat through. Yeah. So the first question to start things off is what are you currently reading? looking for some recommendations. So Sadie, what are you currently reading? Yeah, so I'm about halfway through my first like murder mystery type book. Mm -hmm. I'm usually a romance reader, but my sister read this book called The Club by Ellery Lloyd. And she was like, I think you should read this. So, so far, so good. I am really enjoying it. I feel like I've been watching a lot of like Inventing Anna. I finally watched the tinder swindler and like things like that where it's very about a lot about like very like luxe life so i feel Mm. like this book is kind of about that but there's it's all fiction and there's a murder that takes place and then it's just kind of like reading the story of that so i'm liking it so far what are you currently reading tag i'm about halfway through the book death in her hands by otessa moshfeg which I don't think that's how you pronounce her name, but it's a book about an elderly woman who lives by herself and walking through the woods, she finds a note that basically says, there's a dead body here. I didn't kill her. And the woman basically becomes obsessed with trying to figure out what happened to this person, why was the note in the woods, She doesn't believe that the note writer really did not have anything to do with the person's death. And she kind of just spirals and becomes obsessed with it. And in her, like, kind of unraveling, parts of reality then start to become true to her theories of what happened. So, Mm, interesting. It's definitely interesting. It's a pretty short book. Like, it's a little Mm -hmm. small paperback. But, yeah, so I'm about halfway through that. Kind of bizarre. But if you like weird reads, it's a good one so far. Yeah. Who knew we were both on, like, the murder train right now? (laughs) Yeah. I do read a lot about murdering. Yeah. murders and solving them. Yeah. Awesome. Great. So hopefully that's some recs. Obviously, we'll report back with how yeah. these books shape up. Maybe it'll make it to say 10 in the future. <laughs> Second question is shifting a little bit more to relationships, and this is more of an advice question. So we have a full background scenario here. 
And this person said, a few weeks ago, I went on a first date with a guy I met on a dating app and it went really, really well. We've been texting ever since, but have yet to go on a second date. Every time we make plans, something comes up where he needs to reschedule. I know it was just one date, so I shouldn't feel attached, but I don't put myself out there often and want to continue to get to know him since I felt a connection. However, I'm also feeling like he's no longer interested, even though he keeps telling me he is and apologizing for rescheduling. What should I do? I feel like this one is like the epitome of dating apps (laughs) (laughs) and this is like a common problem and I feel like this has happened to me before as well and I totally understand what she says when she's saying that she very rarely feels a spark so when it does happen you know it's hard not to get like super attached or like invested in the potential of it all. I've definitely been there before. I also have you know these obsessive tendencies like a classic Scorpio that I am so I think you can get very in your head about this kind of thing for me personally I'm kind of a three strikes you're out type of person so it's like of course you know things happen so it makes sense you know if you have to reschedule because life gets in the way things are busy whatever sure I'm understanding if that happens like one or two times but if it's happening multiple times in a row I feel like I'm the type of person that would just confront the situation and just ask, you know, like, are you still interested in meeting up? Like, I'm getting the sense that you're not and just kind of feeling it out. I feel like I said this in the past, but I feel people like think I like walk. I I feel like I walk a very thin line between being confrontational and just like open communication and being a bitch. So I wouldn't like (laughs) be aggressive about it. But if you're wanting to just like I don't know. If you think you actually have potential to have a relationship with this person, I feel like you need to have open communication. But I also think something that's really helped me in the past is something I heard on a podcast forever ago. And it's the mentality of if he wants to, he will. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that regardless of how like well you know this person or how many dates you've gone on, if he's actually interested in you, he will definitely be putting in the effort. And I think any relationship that I'm in, if it's friendships with family members, with like potential guys, whatever, I think that's a huge key is matching their effort and energy. So if Mm -hmm. he's not putting in effort and energy, you shouldn't be the one chasing and trying to make something happen. It should be matched. And if he wants to, he will. So keep that in mind as well. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's also important to note that if you have the feeling he's not interested, but he's telling you over and over again, he is like, don't listen to your mind. That's trying to trick you. Like if he's genuinely saying that he's interested, then he probably is. And maybe something came up. Like Mm -hmm. it's one thing that if maybe that's a, like something, a boundary, maybe that you don't like being broken, that if you schedule something, and it gets canceled that's not like a personality trait that you think you can mesh with that's a different story but if you really like them and they're telling you that they like you believe them yeah you know like you don't have to overthink it you know yeah 100 percent. and I think too like kind of contrary to that I do think like actions do speak louder than words too so I feel like especially in the world of dating apps like people are just so disposable and I know that's like 
really like mean way to put it but if he's just kind of stringing you along because he wants to keep you as an option but isn't actually putting in the effort and like following up on his words I think that's maybe where it's a problem but I feel like Mm -hmm. something else that's really helped me is keeping in mind that you're letting this person kind of dictate your emotions and that only is okay for so long so if it's you know, something that you're getting really upset about or it's really bothering you, you can't stop thinking about it or you're starting to kind of get like insecure about maybe it's something you did or, you know, whatever. I've been there. I've had those thoughts and it's not okay to let somebody else have those like that much power over your thoughts. So just make sure you're conscious of that and you're drawing the line where it needs to be drawn so Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's not somebody else, I guess. I don't know. This is kind of a weird thing to say, but I always like to have the ball in my court kind of thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. I don't want other people to feel like, or I don't want to feel like other people have more power over my emotions than I do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So the next question we got was would you consider moving or relocating for a partner? As someone, I've moved twice with my then boyfriend, current husband, because we went to school in St. Catharines, and then we moved to London to do a post-grad, and then eventually we moved to Toronto for work. But So I guess, yeah, I would. (laughs) But I think it was because it worked for both of us. Mm -hmm. I think it's a different situation if it derails the life of one of the people in the partnerships. Mm -hmm. That's obviously a bigger decision. All of our moves made sense for both of us, which, you know, we still had lengthy discussions about it and figured out if it really was what made the most sense and so I think that's the key and sometimes that means okay maybe one person in the partnership is moving because they're gonna get a great paying job that pays enough so that you can quit your job and move with them and try and start a new one like there are lots of options that don't include like we both got new jobs in the same city Mm -hmm. but it's obviously just has to be a discussion and not a command <laughs> yeah 100% or an assumption yeah 100% I think obviously I haven't been in that situation before but to envision that situation I think it would really depend on the situation and I think you said it exactly take where if it's mutually beneficial yes of course like it would make mm-hmm. a lot of sense but I think something I would always be like conscious of is just making sure you're not giving up your life or your goals for someone else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're not just dropping everything to make your partner's dreams and goals come true, making sure that, Mm -hmm. you know, you are actually okay with moving and that it'll benefit you in some way or you feel comfortable, you know, uprooting your life and starting over somewhere new. I think it's okay to put other people first, but in something this large, you want to make sure you're also thinking of yourself, even though you obviously Mm -hmm. probably want to be supporting your partner if they're the one who's initiating relocating. So I feel there's a lot of different factors that would weigh into this decision for me. Yeah. Well, and it's all just about 
open and honest communication because you don't want to be like, yeah, I'm good with it. And then move somewhere and then have a bunch of resentment because that's not good either. No way. Yeah. Every time we talk about relationships, we're like communication, communication, communication. (laughs) That is the key to this as well. The next question is, how do you go about finding a therapist? Are therapists really worth the cost? And we talk about therapists a lot and how awesome they are. And we're both, I think, very pro therapy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you've come to the right place, I think. 100%. I feel this is something I've been very vocal about on the podcast the past few episodes or so far this year. So, and even with my friends or my friends in real life too, every time we start like talking about like, how are you? And I'm like, you know, I'm actually doing okay. And I think it's because I started talking to a therapist. The number one Mm -hmm. question my friends ask me is, how did you find somebody? Because I think everybody thinks it's a good idea and is like, at least the people in my life are like very open to trying it, but it seems like a very daunting task. So where I'm directing everybody go, and this is for Canadian and US listeners, is psychology today. And this allows you to just punch in your postal code and then it finds therapists close to you and each therapist will have a profile. A lot of them have like images, but also like a write-up on what they specialize in. If it's like if they offer remote services or virtual meetings or Mm -hmm. in-person meetings, like that sort of thing. So you can get a feel from somebody based on their profile and even their picture too. But definitely recommend Psychology Today as a starting place. And then Mm -hmm. from there, you can have consultations, just like quick consultations, see if they're a right fit for you. I feel like, yes, you can tell from a picture and profile, but it's not until you actually start chatting with them to know if it's a match. But in my experience, it was definitely helpful and it was a match. And I find so far it's 100% worth the money. And I really think I view it as an investment in myself and my well-being. We know this is my year of wellness, so it is a lot expense-wise, but it is really paying off so far for me. So definitely, definitely think it is worth it. Yeah, well, and I think like people pay money for a personal trainer or for a gym membership without even thinking twice. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is also your health. I also think maybe it seems expensive to Canadians because we don't pay for like any other health care and outside of our eyes and teeth. <laughs> so then it also seems like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to pay for this. But maybe it's not as bad for our American listeners. I don't know. But I agree. It's 100% worth the money. And it's something like if you needed help with your diet you would hire a dietitian this is the same kind of thing and I think it's a good point to make too that a lot of people do need help and especially out like after the pandemic or we're still in it really but kind of dealing with that and dealing with the trauma it can be a lot to burden your friends and family with that not saying that they don't want to be there to support you but they're not professionals Mm -hmm. and so it's sometimes nice like I find as a married person of course I want to 
tell my husband about what's going on in my life, but I don't want to have to burden him with the responsibility of taking care of my mental health Mm -hmm. because like that's a lot to put on another person. And so it's just a lot nicer to have an outsider and it's someone that's been professionally trained and can help you and knows the signs if they need to escalate things or can give advice that they know works. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I also think what's so great too about talking to somebody who's not a family or friend is, yes, you don't want to burden them, but that might also make you hold back on what you tell them. And if it's because you don't want to like overburden them, so you scale back the severity of your problems or you choose like pick and choose what you share with them it might also be that you don't want them to judge you you know you did something that you Mm -hmm. know they're not going to approve of all those sorts of things I feel like that is why you hire a professional is that it's somebody who's paid to listen to you you know what I mean like they have nothing else to do in that time except listen to your problems and they come from a totally different walk of life they have no bias towards you in your life unlike your friends and family. So I think that's something that they bring that friends and family can't offer you. And that's what makes it worth the money to me. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Next question still on the mental health, like train of thought, and it's how do you relieve stress and ease anxiety? So for me, I think the number one way I do this is through working out or yoga. And I know that's extremely annoying to hear, but it's so, so true. The days I'm more stressed, I can push myself and I do push myself more in my workouts. And I find it's just such a release of emotions and just like makes me feel so energized and refreshed. I also find cooking and cleaning kind of provide that same thing, like same reset mentally for me, but they're just like intentional purposeful tasks that I can focus on rather than letting my mind you know run at a a million miles a minute and my last way to ease anxiety specifically is journaling and we know how much of a journaler I am but I feel like journaling when I'm stressed or anxious often looks like just me ranting in my journal or if it's a really long-winded rant it's just in the notes app on my phone Or sometimes I'm giving myself a pep talk or creating a list of all the things I need to do. Just putting down everything that's in my mind on paper really, really helps me. But I think regardless of what activities might help relieve your stress or ease anxiety, I think something to be mindful of is just identifying your triggers and stressors. So for me, I know it's work. So knowing that I can, you know, direct my energy and effort to things that aren't work-related to help calm me down. Also finding what grounds you. So things like I was saying that occupy your mind and give you a sense of purpose and control and achievement that aren't related Mm -hmm. to your trigger or stress. So something like cooking and cleaning. I think those are things to be mindful of and even things to do some soul searching on. And then the last thing for me is just remembering that It's okay to have a lot on the go, but if that becomes overwhelming, thinking of everything all at once, take things day by day or even task by task, breaking it down into smaller pieces really helps me manage everything that I'm so stressed and anxious about. Mm -hmm. I love that. 
Also, I mean, we just talked about how much we love therapy. So I'm going to shout out therapy again, especially if you feel anxious a lot. That's Mm -hmm. why a lot of people go to therapy. Another thing that I also like is yoga. It's very relaxing and there's a lot like I just practice yoga at home and there are so many like YouTube videos about you know yoga for anxiety yoga for stress relief yoga to fall asleep those kinds of practices can be so great especially if you are feeling like really anxious in a moment heart racing because a lot of it's based in breathing so I find that really helpful I also find walking can be really helpful especially I love walking with other people and then it gives you the chance to kind of chat things out which can be nice I also love watching tv or movies at home and just like lounging taking a hot bath and I'm very into like I guess aromatherapy in my bath products so I have like Epsom salts for stress relief and I have bubble bath for stress relief and that kind of stuff and it's just a whole vibe especially if you get like candles going also reading a good book especially one that allows me to like escape reality for a little bit can be great and if I find that I'm really stressed or I'm like really bogged down I will book like a me time treatment That could be like I'm getting a massage or I'm getting my nails done. Something where I'm forced to leave my house, to not be sitting at my desk, not be on my phone, and just be like sitting by myself and treating myself. I find that that, uh, that's if I'm having maybe like a really busy week at the end of it. I'll schedule that for like on a weekend or something. But yeah, those are the things that I normally do to relieve stress or ease anxiety. Yeah. I love that. Our next question is a bit of a fun one, and it's perfect coming out of last week's travel episode, but Mm -hmm. it says, I'm thinking of traveling to Toronto this summer. What are your favorite parts or things to do in the city? So, Tag, what are your favorite parts about Toronto? Well, I love... A lot of the music scene in Toronto, and I love a lot of the sports teams in Toronto. So if you're coming in the summer, I guess your only option is really like the Blue Jays, which can still be really fun if you're into that kind of thing. Very touristy, which I always love. A good tourist activity when traveling around. I also really love the bar Coffee Oyster Champagne. And the secret tip is that you have to ask for a tour of the champagne cellar for a surprise. I also really enjoyed the waterfront. I used to live down there and it's just really nice. Like they do concerts in the park and you get to see everyone in like their crazy yachts. And it's got a really nice view of the CN Tower if you want pics of that. And there's just like so many nice restaurants and that kind of thing down there. If you are looking to do some self-care, one of my favorite places to get my nails done is called Majesty's Pleasure. And it's a bar slash beauty parlor, I guess, because they do nails and hair. And it's a really nice, especially if you're traveling with some girlfriends, a really nice 
place to visit. And I also really like the theater district. Like I'm a big movie person. So there are some really nice movie theaters, but also like theater theater. And there are some really great shows always put on downtown Toronto. So if you're into theater, it's a great place to visit. What about you, Sadie? So fun. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is maybe an unpopular opinion, but I feel like I'd recommend you check out the St. Lawrence Market area. And I'm somebody who loves a good farmer's market, so I absolutely I absolutely love it. But there's also a lot of like cute shops and restaurants and coffee shops around that area too. One of my favorite restaurants is Fresh, and they're a vegetarian and mainly vegan restaurant. So really nice location right in the St. Lawrence Market area. There's also a Balzac's mm-hmm. Coffee. And at night, I don't know if it's like extremely bumping at like nighttime, but there's Duke's mm-hmm. Refresher around there, which is really fun. It's like, I guess, kind of like bar restaurant, but they also have some fun arcade games. They have a little mini mm-hmm. basketball court. They have skee-ball, like a lot of things like that. So it's a really fun spot to either watch a sports game or just go with friends or by yourself even if you're traveling here alone and just want to have a nice social night out. It's also close to the waterfront area, which Tag you already talked about, but I feel like mm-hmm. it could be a cute idea to rent a bike, bike along the water. It's close to Sugar Beach, which I feel is kind of iconic in Toronto. A little you can't actually access the water or even touch it, but it's really cute white sand with cute pink umbrellas and everything. So nice place to go on a summer day. Mm -hmm. And also the distillery district isn't too far away. Neither is Toronto Island. So I feel like starting your day at St. Lawrence Market, I have like a whole day itinerary plan for this person. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Starting your day at St. Lawrence Market and then just kind of going around the waterfront and distillery district, I think would be really, really fun. Yeah, love it. So the next question we were asked was, what are your keys to confidence out and outside of work? And I feel like my main thing with confidence is that I rarely feel confident. Maybe that's not true. Maybe it's like 75% to 25%. But I fake it till I make it. And I work on the assumption that other people are also faking it till they make it, which makes me feel a lot better. I also remind myself that everyone around me is probably just focusing on themselves, not focusing on me, which is always a good reminder to have. And I love some good pump up music. It's like once a month I get like fixated on a song that I'm like, yes, this is my song and it is just Mm -hmm. making me feel like a badass. And so anytime I need like a hit of confidence, I can like put on whatever that song is. For some reason, my song like this month has been big energy, which is love it (laughs) fun. (laughs) And It kind of goes the same thing. Like if I have an outfit that makes me feel amazing, makes me feel confident. If I put that on, put on like my signature scent, then it's like I'm tricking myself into believing I'm confident, Mm -hmm. truly faking it till I make it. So those are my keys. What about you, Sadie? For me, I think confidence is all about how 
you feel inside and like really prioritizing, you know, you believing you can do something. It really doesn't rely on anybody else. So for me, it all comes down to having self-awareness and paying attention to how you talk to yourself and Mm. what you actually believe as your inner narrative. So for me, I feel like I've taken years to build this up and it maybe started tag with what you were saying about fake it till you make it you know if you're telling yourself things that you maybe don't necessarily believe but you want to believe if you repeat it to yourself enough times you're going to start to believe it and I feel like that works I think we all know that that works on the negative side you know if you say you can't do something you won't ever do it but it works Mm. on the positive side too if you tell yourself I can do this my mantra for years has been, you got this. And I say that to myself every single time I feel like I can't do something. Just telling myself, you got this gives me the confidence and like motivation to keep going and to tackle it, whatever it is. Like we said, at work, a work project, a work meeting, whatever, or outside of work. Sometimes it's even just carrying my groceries home and they're extremely heavy. And I'm like, I feel like I'm going to collapse before I get home. Just saying to myself, (laughs) no, you got this gives me the confidence to make it home or whatever. So I think just having that awareness and developing mantras that help you if you believe them or not over time, you will. And the last piece, especially at work, I think still on the kind of like self-awareness piece is knowing your strengths and focusing on those. I think we can all very easily list our weaknesses and those become our insecurities. But I think if you are constantly focused on your insecurities, that's what dictates your inner narrative versus focusing on your strengths and what you're good at can really help shape your inner narrative to be more positive and focused on those things. So once you know your strengths, play into them, find ways to play into them so that you're, you know, giving yourself that boost of confidence and it'll Mm -hmm. transpire into all areas of your life. Yeah, I love that. The last question we have is where are your favorite places to shop for spring or summer clothes or when you're planning a vacation? So, Sadie, I feel like you should kick us off because you're a self-identified or self-proclaimed shopaholic. 100%. So, (laughs) what's funny, though, is I haven't actually shopped too much for spring summer clothes yet this year, Mm -hmm. but I've been eyeing a whole bunch of things up, and I've been looking primarily at the latest scoop. I did buy some things Mm -hmm. there, like, maybe the very beginning of spring, like February, and just some, like, basics but I absolutely love the latest scoop I find I think it is a lot of these on my list are actually Canadian so I'm not sure if they're available in the states or what the equivalent would be but the latest scoop was online but also they just have opened I think a Toronto pop-up in the Eaton Center and then there's a permanent location on Ossington so definitely go check it out if you're in Toronto I think they also have Vancouver Calgary and Victoria location so check it out I feel like they have preppy boho Mm -hmm. basics like they have a mix of everything they have shoes they have home stuff they have clothing like literally everything you could need and it's very like I said affordable and on trend so that's at the top of my list I'm also a sucker for Abercrombie I need to watch the new documentary that came out and maybe that'll (laughs) shape my (laughs) perception but I do think 
from what I know, Abercrombie has really done a 180, and I feel like the clothes that they have out are very on trend and still, like I was saying, like affordable too compared to Aritzia sometimes, or at least they go on sale a little bit mm-hmm. more often. So definitely think that, especially if you're like looking for a wedding guest outfit or vacation looks, even bathing suits. I love the bathing suit I got from Abercrombie, yeah. so definitely check them out. Then I have another Canadian retailer, which is Le Petit Garçon, and it's the same brand as Boutique 1861 in Montreal. I feel like I've maybe talked about them before on the podcast, but they have just like such cute stuff. And of course, it's great to support local, but I find they're, they just knock it out of the park and it's things that you know, your friends won't probably have because not everybody shops there like they do at H&M and Zara where everyone ends up with the same stuff. So definitely mm. recommend checking that out. Last two on my list is Oakenfort. I don't know if I'd say for spring summer stuff necessarily, but I've been shopping there a lot lately for just basics. And again, I think it's really reasonably, reasonably priced and good quality stuff. So wanted to put that on your radar. And lastly is Dynamite, and I put them on here specifically because, first of all, I feel like they're stepping it up lately, but I think they have a lot of Aritzia dupes lately for like half the cost. If it's bodysuits, if it's the leather Molina pants from Aritzia, like they are kind of doing dupes that are just as good, if not even better, I've heard in some cases, from Aritzia, but at a fraction of the cost, so definitely check it out. What about you, Teg? Yeah, I love that. I feel like half of my list is just like relisting the stores you listed because they're good ones. Like I also love the latest scoop. I also love Abercrombie. Aritzia obviously is always, you know, brought up by everyone and blowing up on TikTok. And I just put in a big order from Aerie for vacation stuff because I love their bathing suits and they have some really nice like vacation-y outfits I guess or like cover-ups so I wanted to mention them and then also free people I also really love obviously a little more on the expensive side but I feel like if you buy one statement piece from free people then you can get like a lot of basics from somewhere else but yeah So those are all my favorites, I think, just Mm -hmm. in general, but especially for spring and summer. Yeah, I love that. There's nothing better than doing a big shop before you go on vacation and just being like, yes, like all these new clothes are going to make the Instagram and all these cute spots I'm going on vacation. Like, it's just literally the best. Plus, it gives you like an excuse to shop. Sometimes I need to justify it. (laughs) Vacation always justifies it. That's me right now. Every order. I'm like, well, it's for my trip. Yes. 100%. Which is nice. Amazing. Well, those are all the questions we received for this Q&A. So thank you so much, everybody, who submitted a question. And again, we try to do these from time to time. So go follow us on Instagram, TikTok. We're also on Facebook, Pinterest, Spotify. I think that's all of them. (laughs) (laughs) But make sure you're following us on social media so you can submit questions for our next Q&A and also so you can just keep up with us between episodes. We drop a new episode every Tuesday and we also actually let me quickly shout out our Patreon because we drop our episodes early there and also put out exclusive content for our Patreon. So make sure you check us out on Patreon. 
And I think that is everything for today. We will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye.